Welcome to the hour where we be denying Biggie Drums. I'm your host, Danny, with, along with my co-host, Sone. Tonight we have a special guest in the house, Sam Stiles, educator, community activist, filmmaker. Hey, what's going on? What's up, y'all? How you doing? What's up, Danny? How you going, man? So, oh, thank you. I'm doing good, Sam. How you doing? Doing great. All right. Uh, pleasure to have you in the studio here tonight. Uh, just before we get in, you know, we're here. We, when we beat the night, Biggie Jones, we go fast and we go furious. But uh, before we get started, we just want you to kind of expound a little bit about you, what you do, your background, just a bit so everybody gets uh, familiar with uh, you. Wow. Um, well, in Flash, uh, you know, community activism in Oakland, mainly East Oakland. Uh, Filmmaker from Oakland as well. Uh, did a lot of music videos coming up for the '90s and 2000s hip hop, and uh, educator, um, teaching at various schools in Oakland um, as well as some in San Francisco. Um, currently, right now, working at a middle school right now. Um, middle school uh, where in Oakland or San Francisco? Yeah, Oakland, yeah, Oakland. East Oakland. Uh, and uh, teaching science and history. Science and history in middle yeah. school. You care to share the name of the middle school in Oakland? Uh, Elmhurst. Elmhurst. Elmhurst Middle School. Okay, Elmhurst Middle School. Okay. All right. So, you, uh, prior to the education, I, I hear you talked a little bit about uh, um, film. Um, talk a little bit about that, the early years of the early filmmaking. Years. Wow. Um, wow, it was just, uh, I guess, a dream to come true, you know, um, just working at and loving cinema. And, um, yeah, I, I it's so, it's so many layers. It's so much. It's so much to talk about. But uh, well, yeah. we talk about the. Uh, I, I know that in the early years you had a, a small uh, film company, Swing Low Films. Swing Low Films. Yes. Swing Low Films. Talk yes. a little about Swing Low and the videos that you did and the artists that you work with. Uh, um, those were great times, man. Those were times where um, you used to know a lot about as well. You were right, right, right. there with us. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And our buddy Chris. Right. Um, Chris Weber, um, we did, um, we, we were at the beginning stages of hip hop in the Bay Area with the, you know, the, the JT, the bigger figures, the, um, the rapping Forte's, Too Short. Um, uh, we did the videos during that time when yeah. um, a lot of the artists were just now getting airplay and getting on these, um, you know, going international, top 10, MTV, things of that sort. Right. You know? So the videos that we directed uh, were those videos that was amongst those and got on music video jukebox and MTV and all that kind of stuff. So right. we were in the right times at the right time. I think you did uh, Kurt Franklin's uh, yeah. beginning video. Yeah, uh, we did. Um, we shot that right there in Napa, I believe. Right? Yeah, we did um, uh, The Reason Why We Sing. Mm -hmm. uh, we did Jesus Is The Reason and we did one of his big ones, um, Revolution. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so those are those years. How was it, how was it working with uh, artists like Kurt Franklin, um, Forte, um, Too Short? It was um, it was good. Just in the sense of they were working on their skills and and art too. You know, they were all had a pursuit as well. They hit to a certain destination, and so did we. You know, so our paths met, and um, we continued to study our craft as they did there. So when we got to set, you know, no one was late. Pretty much, you know, everybody was pretty much um, taking care of their business and hitting yeah. their marks when they needed to. So um, it was it was great. Everybody was on the right page as far as like let's put the bay on. So, so you went from shooting videos to filmmaking. Uh, what led you to what took you to the jump from shooting the videos? I know that kind of leads you into filmmaking, but 
What was the passion for you to become a filmmaker? The passion started when I was about 12, when I wrote my first script uh, about a neighborhood that I was from, you know, specifically the block I lived on. A gang of us was, um, you know, was, we call ourselves world-class athletes, you know, we were the all-stars, and we would challenge different neighborhoods and, and sports. So uh, amongst that, I was the one who was documented mentally and writing it down every day. And uh, I brought it back to the to the guys at the time that hey man let's make a movie about this. We had no idea of how to do it, you know. But um, so that was the beginning of you know um, my mechanical thinking of how to make a movie and want to make a film, as well as being influenced by films that I saw at the East Mount Mall, right. you know, um, Coliseum, uh, Drive-In Theater, you know, just cinema at that time, you know, it was just really. Uh, you know, it had the effect on me, but no one else like for me, you know. So, um, I don't know, I guess that was just a path. I guess that was just what I was uh, supposed to do because the trajectory, it, 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 it pursued that, it produced that, okay. you know, the, the love for cinema and how it influenced me and, um, and then just the writing, all that just came. What are the legendary uh, directors and filmmakers that kind of influenced you? Spike Lee. Spike Lee. It was him who, uh, when I got to San Francisco State, it was him who I uh, saw uh, do the right thing in, in school days, which... Yeah, do the right thing in school days. Yeah, basically, that was probably... Yeah, right, you know, right, it was, yeah, it was right there where right. it's like actually the, the, the light bulb went off. It's like, okay, now I'm able to put a face to it. Now all the things I thought I was able to do and wanted to do it can actually be done, you know, and Spike was that face that, you know, that um, that was imprinted on me. So I wanted to be a Spike, you know, and uh, so, you know, Chris and I, we we uh, got a first script written called uh, Cry for Help. It was about a kid who was going to the... I remember that. Terrible. For the wrong reasons, yeah, right, 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 right. So we ended up shooting in different locations in Vallejo and the East Mount Mall and at Chris House, you know. Right. And um, we really... We went for it, you know, we thought right. we knew what we was doing, but we just didn't know exactly what we, the technical part, you know. So uh, so at that point, we got the footage back, I'm skipping through it, but we got the footage back from filming that, you know, that particular script. And um, we're looking at the footage in the edit suite and we couldn't see the footage, it was too dark. We didn't light it correctly. <laughs> we had the wrong lights, man. <laughs> we, had, so we had the wrong lights, you know. So right. Chris' mom told us like a couple of days later, say, hey, you guys, I love the passion and all that, but you should go to school for it. So that clicked with me. So then that's why I went to school at Solano, uh, Solano JC, took some film classes and then got back going. And that's when we started um, putting that tip test, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, definitely. Mm -hmm. So is you currently no. Go ahead, Sam, sorry. No, no, I apologize. Mm -hmm. um, I was just thinking, you know, he, Sam, you mentioned East Mont Mall a few times. Mm -hmm. Tell our, you know, tell the worldwide listeners what East Mont Mall is so that they'll have an understanding of what you're referring to. East Mont Mall, for those that lived in East Oakland, was like our mecca for social. That was our social media at the time. Okay. You know, everyone hung out there. Um, and the movie theater was my hangout. You know, um, I stayed in that. I figured out how to either pay my way to get in or hit the back door. <laughs> I had to stay in there. I had to stay in there. So, 
Oh, go ahead. Everybody bought their clothes from there, and you know. Uh, yeah, top tower yeah. records, the derby jackets. It was it was a place where uh, coming of age was happening. It was a, it was a, it's an iconic place. It's a very iconic place, and. Um, so knows so, so knows a lot about these mines. Oh, okay. She lived in the area, and you know she she's into the uh, media entertainment okay. industry okay. as well. Yeah. So I was hoping she would have a lot more questions for you. She's really deep into that. Good. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. So go ahead. You know, fire away. No, I, I'm 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 excited. I was just wanting to make sure that you know our worldwide listeners. I didn't want to interrupt what you were saying, Danny. But one question that I have, Danny already touched on it, was with your passion. So. Mm-hmm. With that being said, how where, how are you touching that now? How are you touching the industry now? And how does education, what you're doing now, the education system, does that tie into it in any way? Yeah, well, it, it um, tied in the sense of when I started actually teaching, um, I was teaching youth about filmmaking. Okay. You know, um, so the first group of kids I worked with was at Esau Community Development Center. And what we would do at that time was um, take the camera and go out and film just, you know, the neighborhood, you know, um, uh, you know, just capturing images that said East Oakland, that said 82nd and East 14th, you know, um, that said we had assignments where uh, we would do some beautification, you know, so we'd film ourselves doing beautification, you know, but it was just the idea of, you know, me kind of getting in in a way of thinking to where, you know, you are reporters, you know, you are the ones who's capturing, you know, this. So TikTok, time. so, uh, I mean, TikTok, people are, you know, they go crazy over TikTok now. Right. And right. if you if you think about it, 15 years ago, 20 years mm-hmm. ago, mm-hmm. basically, we were doing TikTok, right? Yeah, yeah we were. We just didn't name it TikTok. We didn't yeah. name it TikTok. But yeah. We didn't have the technology. No, it didn't move as fast. Fast, right. Since uh, after we filmed it, we got to go in edit it, we got to, you know, do that whole process where you, you shoot it and you you can go live at this at the time you're shooting right, right now, you know. Um, but yeah, it started with East Oakland Youth Development Center, and then from there, um, I had gone to uh, San Francisco and worked with a media center called CYMC, Conscious Youth Media Crew, okay. and they were um, working on documentaries in the Hunters Point area, and they were at the time focused in on the Naval Shipyard, okay. where yeah. a lot of, um, uh, like, the stuff that's going on with that yard it's is pollution. Affecting, well, you yeah, about pollution, the pollution exactly, things, right? okay. affecting the neighborhood, right. you know, so these kids at the time were doing documentaries. When I came aboard, um, the executive director, Deborah, she wanted to do a feature film with these kids, so she brought me in to help in transition documentary making into okay. uh, feature filmmaking, feature you know, film. so I had to take them through the steps of, you know, how to transition to a screenplay, their ideas and what they filmed already, and then the day-to-day filming of it, you know, how to shoot the pages, you know, if people had to hit their marks and things, that stuff, so um, we had auditions and scout locations, all that stuff, so that was wonderful that um, we completed that film, we came out, it premiered, and um, did a good, a lot of good for that area. Then from there, I went, came back to Oakland and um, went to uh, UW Rising and worked with those kids over there by Castlemont. And, uh, same situation, mm-hmm. you know, uh, media, filming, recording, editing, things of that sort. Then I took a trip up to my alma mater, Skyline, saw some filmmaking up there. 
um, Fremont High School, taught some filmmaking there. Skyline. Uh, right. I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, for, for, for many who are out there that don't know that you guys went to school with GP. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gary Payton. Yeah. yeah. Came out the same time. Yeah. What's up, G? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, you know, I just, you know, um, felt it as my, as my assignment to continue to, uh, I would, I would get attracted to, and, and it would be attracted to me as far as the like-mindedness, right. you know, the youth that, you know, um, had that eye, who spoke that language, you know, so I felt it was my, my, my duty to, you know, be the elder in that sense now and give Correct. it to it's, you know, right. give direction, you know, so. So that kind of led you from the filmmaking into mm -hmm. edu education right, right, and then right, community right. activists. Right, right, okay. right. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. Uh, talk about some of the uh, filmmakers in the Bay Area that you've influenced. Jeez, um, I still don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's, it's a number of them, um, and they're still uh, working on their craft. You know, and you know, I just one just called me yesterday, um, IJ, and um, he's uh, talking about moving to LA. You know, he has some responsibilities and he sends some children and wife and things of that sort. So I'm like, yeah, man, go. You know, we'll see what's happening. But know that the language there is different. Know that it's a, it's Hollywood, you know. So I'm um, giving him information on how to see it and how he should see that Hollywood, you know, not as um, an independent type situation, you know. Because up here, we don't have the trailers and the, the big uh, casting calls and things of that sort, mm -hmm. you know, as such they do in L.A., you know. So it is a different um, dynamic out there. Right. What about Pharaoh? Well, some of the oh, Pharaoh, Ramesses, right. yeah, um, Mario Bobino, what's up? Um, uh, Rockefeller. A lot of those guys came from um, TV as well. Okay. Ramesses, he uh, talked to kids as well. He still works with the kids. Um, him and I, are, we're all good friends. We're all uh, because we're like-minded. We all do the same thing, you know. So it's naturally the way we've um, supported each other. You know? I know Pharaoh's done a couple, he's done a couple uh, uh, premieres. Yeah. Um, yeah. The reason I know that is my, one of the artists that I manage has been working with them. Her name's Minaj. Okay. So she's been working with them. They've been doing really well. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been to any of the, the, the shows, but you know, <laughs> I heard yeah. that it's working pretty That's good. That's good. That's good. Now, uh, also, Ryan Coogler, did you have a chance to work with him or? I've had a chance to talk to him a couple of times. Okay. When, um, right after he did uh, Fruitvale. Okay. He's, um, he had uh, did a screening for some youth from Skyline. So and at the time I was at Skyline. So uh, we took him there and um, I met him and he knew who I was based upon the Your past work and stuff like that. Yeah, right? you know. So uh, at that point, I had some moments with him, and then there was a couple of times we spoke just some mentorship and just, you know, basically, man, you're doing the right thing right now. Just continue going and um, don't limit the way of thinking, you know, as you aren't, you know, but uh, take Hollywood by storm, man. You know, we need, um, you, know, you know, you're on our backs, you know, so... Um, yeah, but you know, I've had some moments with him. Right. So we need more movies that maybe reflect who we are as a people. For sure. Definitely. For uh, sure. Too much of this. Well, when I say reflect, more of the community, more of the family, um, mm -hmm. more of uh, religion, mm -hmm. per se. They're or, getting or done. Spirituality. They're, just, they're getting done. They're just not, um, you know, the outlet. 
is for the marketing for it. It's not just being displayed. Right, right, right. Okay. You know, but there are filmmakers who's actually, you know, really committed to, you know, um, the issues that we are dealing with daily, you know? Totally. Are they getting those films to the festivals? Yeah, they're getting um, to the festivals. And like, like the, you know, they're the, the local festivals um, in, for, in San Francisco and the like, and... Oakland International. Even going yeah. big as can't, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are, but those are fees and, you know, Getting the film done is a whole nother beast. Completing the film on the last edit and being able to pay everybody that you pay, you know, that's a task, you know. And then to now, you know, send it to different places which require a fee. It may cost anywhere from 65 to 200 bucks just to get your film seen, you know. So, um, you know, a lot of filmmakers don't consider that when they have a budget. You know, let's just say they get a budget today to do a film. They don't consider the cost of that later. They're just focusing on let me get it done. You know, and that's fair. Yes, we want to get it complete. But um, but to answer your question, yes, you know, um, they're sending them out. But it's just, you know, being sent out amongst a whole lot of others. You know, it's, it's at the same time, with these iPhones, things are saturated. There's a lot of film being made just with the phone now, you know. So the content is... Um, you know, it's hard to find the content. It's, it's you know, and especially if it's black cinema, um, mm. it's it's a little bit even harder to, um, if, if there isn't a name on it, you know, there isn't, you know, a, a Lawrence Fishburne name on it or, uh, you, know, you know, a big name on it to, to help it get to a, a different level of the game, you know. So with the no-name films, which may just be totally what we need right now, they're just not being... So why can't we we create something like Black Flicks? There's Netflix. Why can't we, we yeah, create Black Flicks or Kevin yeah. Flicks yeah. And, and start putting our content up there? Yeah. And, and yeah, because there's no reason there's no reason why um, we see what it is, mm -hmm. right? Everyone sees what it is. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't we be disruptive mm -hmm. to these things, especially if, if, if those that are trained in the industry? Mm -hmm. uh, we need to start thinking like that, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, not just with film but all areas of entertainment. We need to start thinking like that when it comes to our sports, yeah, yeah. to our sports entities. Mm -hmm. You know, who's to say that there, there there's only one, um, you know, NFL? Mm -hmm. Like, there, there, who's to say that that cannot be something else created? They cannot, like, it's a monopoly. So, right. I mean, that's just a subject that, that I'm, I have been thinking and talking about as well. So just to say, like, we can make the change that's needed um, inter entertainment and mm -hmm. that alone will help kind of you know guide the world mm -hmm. you know it'll it'll fix things it'll bring things to a different light right if we start doing things differently and not being um subjected to to the norm to the tiktok right to living mm -hmm. in tiktok mm -hmm. i think we also have to uh figure out a way to um slightly deprogram ourselves not thinking that it's about the money too because if you have the cameras and equipment and the sound and you know there should be no reason why we can't get something done but there's always that one or two persons that need to get paid you know there has to be some type of budget and we got to be real about that part too like okay if you need a car you have to if you have to rental for right. rent a particular luxury car they right. call it, it has to be budgeted but you know there's investors and there's there's ways around this and there's right. connections and so i think that 
um, you know, Sam, with you being on the podcast, that it will definitely bring you what's needed as you continue to grow and, and to, to make even more, um, uh, you know, more of a footprint and bring, you know, even more of your beautiful, your beauty and your art to the, to the world. So, um, are you doing something with that right now? Where are you, what are you working on? Um, right now I'm just writing, I'm just writing. So I don't know if it's okay to speak about the school and stuff now. Is that definitely okay? So, to speak so about where I'm at now, it's like it has nothing to do with filmmaking. I'm not. It's not even my language right now. You know what I mean? It's, but, it's education. Right? Yeah, yeah. But um, however, I'm documenting it. You know, it's like it's it's always an eventful situation during the day of at the middle school. You know, any so <laughs> you know, yeah. So um, the what scripts, makes it eventful? Um, uh, the kid who, uh, who was not where she's supposed to be when her parents come pick her up, Okay, she's at the park. So now the parent <laughs> is up at the school and then the kid comes back like, where you been? But the parent is, uh, at this point, is not really aware or not of the surroundings that she's speaking to her kids. So she's embarrassing her kid. Right. Because, you know, it's myself and two other staff that's standing there in front of the mother and the child. And, you know, the business is getting talked. So that affect her, the, so say the student's self-esteem. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow she comes to school and she doesn't have that same drive she had. Tomorrow she doesn't come to school. Oh, she doesn't come to school. Right. Okay. You know? So it's like, the reason why she comes to school because she doesn't want to, you know, for whatever her, her reason is, but... You know, the, the writing that goes on with that is like, okay, so how do we solve this situation? Gotcha. How does the script go? You know what I mean? It's like, that's how I'm seeing that situation, you know? So psychologically, our, our children uh, in, in the schools are being affected not only by the system itself, but by the parents. Right. Who, for, for whatever reason. Right. Um, or, the, or the parent who's, who tells their son, oh, okay, so you're great. So I'm going to take the phone. Oh, there, there goes your Christmas. You know? It's like, wow, really? You, that's the only that's the only solution you have to that right you know so there it goes I'm writing that you know so it's always that it's always that moment to where um the results of East Oakland what we see around East Oakland is the result of the education system education system you know so our our, our communities are just really benefactors of, of lack of education exactly and, and when, we talk, when we talk about education, we're talking about lack of knowledge, self-respect, yes. self-esteem, all those things. How can we fix it? How, how do we begin to, as an educator, how do we begin to, and I know we got to start from, you know, the most elementary state, mm -hmm. but how do we begin to fix it so that in five years, six years, we start to change the minds of our children? Man. The teachers, that was... I would, oh man, that's a double edge. Because I, I would say one thing is starting with the the parents. Okay. You know, um, you know, which parent hasn't completed high school? Which parent went to college? And it shows in their children. For those that didn't graduate at high school, when a kid gets home with the homework and the kid says to the parent, Can you help me? And the kid sees the parent sees the math. They can't help. So then that work won't get done. 
And then there's an F for that class. You know, so the parenting needs to be involved with reminding themselves what school is like. So we need, to, we, we actually need to support the parents. Yes, they need support as well. And yeah. it starts from the beginning early on. You mm -hmm. know, for our, our children, you, you, you have to be engaged from the time that kid enters Earth with their education. And then when they do get to the school age, you have to be engaged from the beginning when they enter school. Mm -hmm. And you have to challenge yourself. If you don't know the answer to the questions that, may, you know, when they go to Common Core Math, for instance, mm -hmm. if you don't know those answers, you figure it out. There's ways to get the answers and to figure it out, you know, and so I use tools like Khan Academy, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, we have to really be there from the beginning. And if we're just jumping in at eighth grade, that's, it, that's, it, it's, there's difficulty when they, once they're in middle school, mm -hmm. it's hard. And I can say that because I was in middle school before and I know that middle school to me is the time that makes or breaks. If you don't grasp school by middle school, it can almost, it, it could be detrimental. I wouldn't want to put that on any child, but it's hard. It, you have to work really hard to get over that. So another event would be the student who's in the sixth grade, then he's in the seventh grade, then he's in the eighth grade, still reading second grade level. So when distance learning takes place, right. the student, you know, when he has to go to the canvas and read the assignment, when he gets to the word he doesn't know, he then guesses or just shuts down. So then that student decides to not go online at all and just go hang out and then ends up running into the wrong people and then ends up sitting in juvenile hall on an attempted murder charge. But what about the policymakers, right? The, the, so this is really has a, That's sorry. a real situation. Like I'm speaking of a real situation. Yes. I have a kid right now who reads at a second grade level, who because of his not being able to read, decided to, you know, for whatever, he's sitting in jail right now on a murder charge. The school to prison pipeline. So did this just happen? during the corona crisis yes, so there's many of these things it sounds like do you have any stats on like because we, so what we i'm working on is um so what i'm working on community, how can we help what i'm working on is now trying to test a theory the plan i'm working on right now is to take a book so his peers inside you and i all just have him read i'm gonna see who see what's up with that right and kind of test my theory to where it's like, okay, yeah, a lot of these kids can't read, and this is what ends up, this is how they end up going. You want to you know? right. right. So I'm working on that, literally working on that right now, planning on um, getting some dates with some of the kids in there through the uh, OBD officer. Um, but that's written. You know, I got that written. I got that as ready as an episode, you know. So we need more community involvement. We need oh, yeah. more people to step up and be involved in the community, support mm -hmm. our children, and support the parents of the children, mm -hmm. those who, for whatever reason, you know, maybe it's a single mom, maybe it's a single father, yeah. maybe it's, you know, uh, they've lost their jobs, and there's the stress of the everyday life. And definitely right now with this pandemic, a lot of people are under great pressure. So, mm -hmm. um, but what about 
I'm not going to say the educators because I know teachers are amazing. They're very amazing. But what about those, the policy makers, right? So let's go back to the teachers. Right. So, where's the teacher? I got it written. It's another episode. <laughs> Who just came to that school just to earn enough money to pay off her loan? Student loan. Yeah. Okay. Student, yeah, her student loan and to get married. And she's done exactly that. She did two, three years, you know. And the students that came to her class, uh, the expectation wasn't high. Okay. You know, so, you know, it was just, you know, um, it's going to grade them through because I'm just focused on paying off my student loan, you know. So just passing. Yeah, man. Right. Yeah. And once she completed that, she's now married and like four months pregnant, you know, and those kids uh, are suffering because of that, you know. Um, back in preparation because now they moved on to the next grade level they're, they're totally not prepared yeah. for, for the work that, that, that's required in that grade level yeah. or the teacher who uh, and let me back up that teacher was a white teacher and the other the, the next teacher who happens to be white you know um, the young lady in the classroom who happens to be black her, her mask had, all our masks at point, some point slide down a little just below our neck. So in this image, her mask slides down. And this student happens to be an A student. You know, she was getting her stuff out of her backpack. And the teacher noticed the, the, uh, the mask slide down just a little below her nose. Sent her out the room. Go to, go to the office. So she got recommended for that. Yeah, you know. Simultaneously wearing a hoodie that says Black Lives Matter. Okay. So if the Black Lives really matter, then you know you don't remove the child from the education. That is my perspective. Kind of actually just to put pull pull her mask up some and yeah and keep going yeah yeah we are, we have you know yeah. so a lot of it's on the teachers as well. You know they are um, they're intent. The reason for being there, you know, is is, is I'm noticing it's not for the right reasons. You know, and this, Who wants a hoodie? The teacher. Oh, the, the teacher, teacher came yes. in, so after the mask incident, she came in with the hoodie? No, or she, was, she was wearing it at the time. She recognized, she okay. reprimanded the, 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 the student yay lady yeah. about her mask. She doesn't get to wear, okay, that's a whole different subject because I just I, I'm glad to know it was the teacher wearing it because I knew that it, it couldn't have been anything else because that's all I see that are representing the movement. Right. right. Those are the only signs. I don't see Black Lives Matter signs in the neighbor in our neighborhoods and mm -hmm. black neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. I see them in the ritzy neighborhoods where you know they're in homes that were built in the 1700s that were passed on. Yeah. So. Um, they take the young lady out of class. She mm -hmm. sends her out of class right. because her mask went down. Just a little. Um, and see, that's, that's a self-esteem. They mess exactly. with their self-esteem. See, they try, you're trying to break a child. Yes. Why would you do that? Right. You know, because you know that we're king, or they're, they're, they're kings and they're queens. Mm -hmm. And you see that she is a straight-A student. Mm -hmm. And see, that's how do we, how, how are they addressing teachers that do these things? Because to me, this is, Again, there should be policies. This is right. clearly discrimination. Right. They're not addressing teachers because the other part of it is um, the staff 
I would say the majority of them are women. And, um, you know, the men that's on campus, um, you know, are the coaches. The coaches, yeah. Sports. Yeah, you know. So, uh, you know, um, you know, take that how you want. But Very few male educators. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know what? I'm just going to say this as a parent, male or female. Mm-hmm. The male educators were the two principals, assistant principal and mm-hmm. principal, mm-hmm. and they did nothing about bullying for my child mm-hmm. as I advocated and advocated and advocated. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. it, you know what? And I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that there's something, uh, it's something happening here. And why is it that teachers are now able to say they don't want to go to class or, or go to work or the bus drivers say they don't want to drive and they do it in particular uh, districts. So then those children are left behind again. Yeah. Parents, if you're listening, I suggest taking your children out of those districts and put your child in a district where they can go to school without even worrying about getting kicked out about a mask, where the office and staff don't wear masks. Well, what about students? You know, and put them in a school where they can go to school and not worry about being, um, you know, told that, it, or made made to feel that they don't they don't belong, because you don't wear a Black Lives Matter hoodie, and then put the little the the the, the A student child out because of a mask. Right. Take the mask out of class if they're causing issues. No, I think uh, because they're getting sick. Everyone's getting sick anyway. They shut the schools down. <laughs> Well, the other part is that the other part is that all the other kids wear their masks halfway down anyway. Right. Yes, they do. I'm seeing so it. everyone like, does. Yeah. You walk into the bank. You t- you walk into the nail salon. They do your nails and mask down. Lips. It, it's funny. I I even go into a restaurant and uh, it's funny in Texas. I remember early on during the uh, the corona when it began. You go to, I mean, in Texas at the restaurant, the guy's making the steaks with his mask down, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. under his mouth. It was so funny. Yeah, said, okay. yeah sometimes it's, it's hard for people to breathe, things like that. Yeah. Um, children, mm-hmm. um, okay, they're in the school system. Uh, some of them are getting, you know, some, some of the right education, some of them are not getting the education. Uh, the parents are supporting them, some parents are not supporting them. Um, but my focus is on the policymakers. Those who are above the, the, the teachers, the policymakers on the school board, uh, what are they, what are they doing to actually help the children, if any, or help the teachers uh, to, to to make sure that these children are getting the education they need? Especially, the, we're we're in a competitive world. Uh, we look about it's no longer America; it's the world. Uh, we have children in India who, you know, they start school very very early. Uh, you have children in China. You have children in Russia. You have African children, uh, very competitive. Uh, here in America, we, for some reason, we don't seem to want our children, and I'm going to say that in, in, in certain geographical locations, to be competitive, to have the education, to, to do what they do. So how do we make sure that we can have uh, these school boards, these uh, the people who are elected on the school boards, these officials, uh, how is it that the parents can be more involved, maybe, or... Should they be? I don't know. So, some parents seem to be pulled back. They don't want to get involved. But I think that parents need to be more involved, not advocating against the teachers, but moving more towards the school boards, the, the policymakers, 
making sure that uh, these children are getting the right, the proper education. And if we have to hold them back or we have to have committees that can help them after school programs, this and this and that, um, how does a community go about addressing that? I think it starts with the parent noticing. So with my students, for example. Um, and you being a community, community activist, right. uh, how does that all work and play in? So I, again, I think it starts with, uh, it starts at many different levels, but as, as an instructor, I'm trying to get, okay, so my, one of my strategies was to get the teacher, I mean, get the, the, the parent up there in front of me so we can talk about their student. Right. Back to school night, it's, you know, 2%, you know, parents show up. Crazy. So what strategy I've used was um, to give their student an F on purpose. First, to see if they're paying attention. Second, to get them up here and ask me why my kid has an F. Okay. So, 5% of the students that work. Um, and it would come up and I would talk to the parent about what's the issue with their student. Have you heard your child read? Um, do you see growth in your child? Do you think it should be something different? So the, the parent is like, you know, hey, um, as long as it's not an F, I'm fine. You know, like their expectation. Right. Very low. That's very low. Okay. You know, um, or they don't speak English. Okay. The other part is the, the population I teach is, you know, about 60% Latino, 40% Black, Pacific Islander, and some Asian. And uh, literally, the majority of the Latino community population at the school, a lot of those kids translate for their parents. Okay. You know, so um, there is a, a miscommunication already, you know. Um, literally had a parent come up and ask him about his son's grades. And I'm like, he's not doing his homework. He's not doing his homework. And then he goes and explains to me the things he's doing for his son. Uh, he's a construction worker. He came up and he had his paint on him. You know, you can tell. He's like, yeah, I, and I, this is him telling me. He's like, yeah, and I, you know, I got him a big TV and I got the speakers so he can hook his, hook his game up to it and play it. Now it's big, you know. But that's his. That's his way of helping. That's his way of helping. Right. You know. And I'm like, but are you looking at the work? But he, it was hard for him to understand, so a son had to translate, you know. It's just like, wow, man. The communication. Yeah, yeah. So I, he's, and by the end of that conversation, he still didn't get it. He still didn't get, you know, the concern. It's more, he kept repeating about the screen, big screen TV and the speakers, you know, and how, you know. Um, but then he pointed, out, he pointed out to his son's shoes, you know. Um, so he's there being assimilated. Right. Yeah. The wrong way. Right. Right. Yeah. Because now they're not even talking about education. We're talking it's about not. material things yeah. that are not going to get you, you know, yeah. in this. Okay. Uh, well, with that said, I think we have to take a break. Um, we, we have to pay our sponsors. So uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back. We'd like to thank and take the time to acknowledge a huge 
Kibalon Entertainment, bringing unity through music, Joycom Network, living the global community or lighting the global community. East Bay HR 1242 Coalition, empowering, inspiring communities and families. We want to take the time to thank the sponsors, and if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on any of the platforms, uh, and we'd be happy to share their links with you. All right, thank you, and we're back. All right, so um, once again, we're back here with Sam Styles, community activist, educator, filmmaker, and we're going to pick up where we left off, and we're, gonna, we're really talking about education. Um, especially in the Oakland area and surrounding areas, but the majority Oakland area and how, how we can fix the system, how we can get our children back on track and get them the education they need so they can be ready for this more competitive world that we see coming up. So with that said, uh, Sam, uh, the question now is, what do we do? Oh, man. Still, there's so much, man. I think uh, our some of our very important people let us know a long time ago, you know, that if we allow the enemy to teach our children, this would happen. You know, um, but sometimes I, the enemy can be ourselves. Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, we, you know, yeah, definitely. Um, Marcus Garvey spoke about a traitor, you know, right. hey, you know, <laughs> so, you know, he was talking about, he was speaking about the, the traitor of our own people. Right. You know, we'll take a, we'll take a fee. You know, for um, for something that's just you know, ah man. So um, what I would suggest is that those that are conscious enough or in, engaged and involved enough is to start a Saturday school that will teach you know what hasn't been taught during the week. You know, um, like identify. I think we have to identify our child's behavior, identify our child's progress. We have to pay attention to the child's progress. Make the kid read in front of you. Make the kid do math in front of you. Make the kid explain to you what you just told him. It's not as simple as that, you know? To prioritize. Yeah. Right. You know? Are you seeing a difference in your child from, from the day, first day that school starts in August to just the Christmas break. What notice? What have you noticed in your child? Have you seen maturity yet? So I think it again starts with the parents to pay attention to the improvement or the lack thereof, and then with their you know way of showing that they care, take the time out to do the research. For your kid to make sure you can help your kid a little bit more, you gotta right. that Saturday morning get up with your kid and, and read with your kid. You know, um, I think without the basic reading and understanding comprehension, you know, without that, it's 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 suicide. Just a, anyway, and, and the the. I guess uh, without the basic comprehension, the reading, math, yeah. we see we we see the final outcome. Yeah. Uh, the prisons get filled up with majority of our people. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Other than that. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and it seems like it is the system. It's 
my view, it seems like it's the school, it's the system, and it's 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 a left-brained system. It's you know I've I've been told they're going to this right-brained system because we are a right-brained people, right? Or we're we're about communication, reading. Yeah, we're, we should be about writing. We're about thought, and so. Um, we need to start thinking about that. Like our children, why are they not learning in, 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 the, in these settings? And there's been changes. If they weren't learning in these settings 30 years ago, then you best believe they're not learning at all in these settings today. Well, if we look at it statistically, we're not supposed to be learning. This is the we're actually on course. Power. You're so right. Power is <laughs> power is not going to teach how to take their power. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we are just being prepared to continue to work for power. You know, um, so the sheep is just a sheep. The sheep is just right. a sheep. I, I put a quote on a board yesterday for my um, homeroom class, and I got all black boys. So, um, in that in particular class, and the quote was, um, "Do not be the per the type of person that a racist wants." So we got put critical with that, and we broke that down. You know, and you know we've come to agree that when we aren't like making a, a sincere effort mm -hmm. and disciplining ourselves to uh, you know learn the basics we are now becoming the type of person a racist want a racist wants a person that's ignorant right. that's what they want they want us to uh, get removed from the class because the phone rolls off or because the, the note they want that. They want us to get frustrated and uh, uh, or, or tell our son that we're going to remove his Christmas from, and that's all we're going to. That's what a racist want. That's what power wants, you know. So um, we have to like really be truthful about the condition we're in. The system itself is not made for us to start. So it's would not. You say that we would have to. I'm sorry. What is it? What is it, Sam? It's removing our child and teaching them ourselves. Right. So when you say the system's not made for us, it's, it's, it's somewhat interesting because let's say, you know, I don't want to get into the political aspect of all this stuff, uh, but, but we'll talk about the same civil rights. Mm -hmm. uh, so pre-civil rights, uh, we had our own banks. Yeah. We had our own institutions. Mm -hmm. We had our own uh, uh, education centers, mm -hmm. and we know that uh, our children were being educated. Mm -hmm. And we had their teachers. We were really actually educated. We were, right. we were being educated. We were educated. Uh, when we took post-civil rights, uh, we started to see the lack of education. And I'm not too sure if people are making the coalition between pre-civil rights and post-civil rights mm -hmm. and where we are currently today mm -hmm. and how do we fix it. Uh, my thought is that you're right, we need to have more of our own schools, yeah. right? So the charter schools, I know a lot of people rail against charter schools, but we need to have more charter schools that are teaching our children how to be competitive, to prepare them. Again, I'm gonna repeat this, prepare them for a world that's gonna become very competitive. Yeah. And the more, day by day, we lack, or we don't do what we need to do, um, we're going to find that our children be more and more and more behind, and then we're, we're we're going to be talking about different things like these camps that they're building, mm -hmm. right? Uh, not the prison systems, but camps uh, that they're building mm -hmm. for the uneducated. 
They don't have to build them camps. Even though they are, they don't have to build them. We, with my group, uh, yesterday, second, uh, one of the kids had a wine punch. And um, one of the kids, another kid made reference to it, it's being red from the wine punch. Right. So uh, I got the bottle and I wrote the ingredients on the board. And we sat and talked to the ingredients. And we got, when we got, yes. to, when we got to artificial flavoring, first of all, they didn't know the word artificial, man. So I had to tell them it's the opposite of real. Said, what, grade, what grade are we talking about? Uh, we're talking sixth grade. Sixth grade? Yes, sir. Okay. So um, the opposite of real is fake. And, oh, yeah. So it's fake coloring, it's fake flavor. I'm like, yeah. So we started Googling some of the words from the ingredients, and they started like, wow. <laughs> they immediately threw that drink away, you know? Yeah. But, but the diet itself, our diets right. are hindering our thinking. Our thought, our thought process. Yeah. Okay. You know? Um, kind of fogging up the mind. Right. Exactly. You know, and I, with that in mind, and with that being said, Sam, what do you think about our children? I believe, you know, them needing to be educated in who they are, what they are, where they really come from the real history of them. Once they see that, they will walk this earth like the kings and queens they are. I agree. I, you know, and, and we have to instill that. We have to be able to instill that in them. I agree. So since beginning of school, the school year, um, I was preparing for that right there, what you just spoke about as far as like how to really introduce themselves to themselves, you know? And, um, you know, these kids have a, the word, the N-word is, you know, it's like their best word. You know? Correct. So, um, which I don't understand. You know, that, that, that word is very negative. And a lot of people try to use that and say, well, oh no, we're using it in a different way. So right. it represents something different. But right. actually, it's still the representation of a negative word against Right. You're, you know, who we are right. uh, as a people because it, it, it represents ignorance and, and, and more so, not even ignorance, just, you know, non-human. Mm -hmm. uh, right. But there's, in my view, I see the word, there's there's probably three different ways that there's the, the word is used and said. And in, in the way that it's, so they're, they're different. Mm -hmm. What the, like if a, if a rapper is using it or mm -hmm. even if a person on the street is using it, they're not using it in the way that, and, and it's a different word. It's spelled different. Yeah. It's the, 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 the inflection, it's all different. Mm -hmm. Now, people are saying, oh, well, the word, is, it, it goes back to this. I understand that because words have power, yes. Right, right. And so now that I'm speaking through this, what it's doing, too, even though I have these different views, is it's locking us down as a people mm -hmm. because now, like, I think it's okay to use the word however you want to use it. I'm not judging anyone. I'm not judging them because I'm not fake. Mm -hmm. I've used the word. I've used the word in a way like as a rapper used the word. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't understand, you know what I mean? That's, I, don't, I didn't see anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's, it wasn't the word the way that they used it right. back during slavery when they created it. But the real deal is, the word but, is... But wait a minute it's, now. It's, it's a Spanish word. So, 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 so. And... Uh, so, see that word, I, you know, again, that word should never be used. Uh, we don't hear Jewish people calling themselves, you know, whatever. We don't hear Chinese people calling themselves whatever. Uh, the only people I, we hear using, using that and then trying to make face with it is us. I think that word should be stricken 
uh, we should never use that word against ourselves. Um, we should we we should be more. We should have a word that better reflects us. Like when you say kings and queens. So let's use a word that better reflects who we are as a people. Uh, we are not the word that N word. I've actually I've never used that word in my my life, and I'm fifty something years old because I always saw that as a as a word that that was negative. It was dark, and it made me feel very negative and dark. And you know, hey, I'm a king. I know where I come from. I'm from the ancient of days. Okay, I started this whole thing. And yes, religion, spirituality, education, everything came from my forebears. So what I've done was what you just said. We've uh, I've, so the word we use is God. So I gave them some scripture. I gave them other books that reflected on the original man and the time being you just spoke of. So the, the job was to remove the N-word and put the G-word in. And where are we at? Almost February. It's worked. It's worked. It's worked. It's worked to the degree where um, repetition has also been a part of that. You got to continue to remind them. I've noticed when they're about to say it, they'll look around and notice they're about to say it. So there's an awareness yeah. now. There's an awareness now that, you know, that word is what you all just described, you know. But it also brought, and what I explained to them, and showed them a certain frequency with that word. And yeah. there's a certain frequency that comes with the word God, you know. So um, taken from the concept of the five percenters. I, what I've been doing is using all these different elements, Garvey, Malcolm, five percenters, all these different elements of teaching and just made a big old pot of gumbo and I'm feeding right. it to them. Right. So we greet each other as peace God, you know? And um, they, their back has straightened up a little bit more when they, when they recite this now, you know? Because they're self-esteem. Exactly, the cells are changing. Because they know that they are the original man. They know back in time now that they were the first to come here. They know they are the children of the sun. They actually know this now, or it's that they didn't notice. So go back to what you said as far as like teaching our kids the truth. If you have a school who don't have the people in there that represents the population, they will never get that. They will never understand that they are the children, of, that they are original. So that's why I say that. Then the parents should be pay attention to that and be aware of that and then start their school. We start our own schools okay. in the garage, in the basement, in the backyard, on the front porch, somewhere. But some of those parents yeah. themselves have no idea who they are. That's right? the other part. That's the other That's the huge they, part. they don't know the history. Because they the kids reflect that. Reflect whatever they get from their parents. Yes. Right? So say you are, so say you are. Your father's your father's your father, so yeah. say you are. So, um, I mean, okay, that makes sense. We need to actually re-educate not yeah. only the children, mm-hmm. but a lot of the parents today. Uh, get a re-education of who you are, where you are, where you stand. And, you know, maybe we should stop following other groups and ethnicities and things like that. Not saying that there's there's anything wrong with that, but we should start getting more engaged in, in ourselves. They're right. They're doing it. Right. You know, I I mentioned to the brothers, brothers speaking of the kids. Actually, I call them the brothers. Um, I said we're African Americans, right? He's like, yeah, we are. I said, just say an African word. Just name one African word. 
No one can think of any. Right. Name an African song. No one can think of any. Name an African food. Name an African state, city, whatever. You know, they couldn't think of any. You know, and they were like, "Wow, you know, we call ourselves African. We don't know anything African." No. You know, so as opposed you to you know our, that changed. They, they, it wasn't all. We weren't always called African American. If you look at right. your birth certificates, it changed. Right. So I wonder what our parents' birth certificate looked like. They, they now I think it says African American on it, but it's it probably. Ten yeah. or twenty years ago, yeah, Negro. Yeah. Negro. I think it was black. Well, if we're going backwards, so African American today, black yesterday, mm-hmm. Negroes yesteryear before that, mm-hmm. and then you know maybe way back then was you know coon or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but, color. Yeah, color. Mm-hmm. It was color. Uh, yeah. we, we've been everything. Mm-hmm. Every byword that they can think of, right? Yeah. Um, but that they can think of. That they can think of. Well, we, they wrote it on the birth certificate. Is right. what I'm saying. Right, that right, the right, birth right. certificate literally states African American, and it literally states Negro, mm-hmm. depending right. on the period. So it's like it. Referring to. Yeah. Lack of education. So education. There's a lack of education. Oh my God. And so in order for us to re-educate our children and and, and get them so that they can compete, and it's not about you know. People say, well, that's racist or not. It's not about racism. It's about taking care of self, mm-hmm. right? In order for me to take care of anybody else, I have to take care of myself first. If I'm not taken care of, how can I take care of anybody else? So let's re-educate our children. Let's, yeah. let's get us into a better state. Let's get these guns off the street. Oh, let's get these drugs. We don't, we don't bring those drugs in our communities. We don't bring the guns in our communities. We don't do any of those things. But what we do control is we control the minds of our children. Yeah, we do. And if each parent sees, if each parent begins to act on that, says, you know what, what I do control is the mind of my child. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, from this day forward, not accept anything but the best. Right. And I think if we start doing that in the home, like you said, it starts with the parents. It starts with the home. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, we don't have that church, that spirituality that we used to have. Uh, right, uh, the the old Negro spirituals and mm-hmm. stuff, or the churches. We had we had a sense of community. Uh, we've lost community. We, we've lost the intellect. Mm-hmm. Um, if we look at our so-called leaders of today, um, we don't have any. Right. We don't have a voice. There's no one really speaking for us. Uh, we're speaking in the Rainbow Coalition, mm-hmm. and it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine to, because we're, we're human beings, and humanity has to work together. But I believe before a Rainbow Coalition can come together. Each individual family has to take care of themselves, yeah. right? When we can, we're all taken care of, we can all sit at the table and I'll say, you know what? This Rainbow Coalition is is functional. Yeah. It's now functional because each family is taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Without taking care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. Right. And I think that you know the Christ people rail and say, well, you know the Christ this and that. It's not this. Let's just listen to the words that the Christ spoke. Right? You can't do anything until you have love for self. And Christ was only speaking about self-love. If we love each other, to love each other, first we have to love self. I, I um, last week I uh, showed my my boys um, the doll test. I showed them that. Okay. You know this test where uh, the black kids got to choose between the black doll and the white doll. I showed them that, and um, on the video, the questions were asked to the to the black kids. Which doll is the good doll? Pointed at the white doll. Which doll is the bad doll? Pointed at the bad doll. Which doll is the ugly doll? Which doll is the cute doll? Right. Which doll do you want? Would you rather play with? So my students are watching this, and um, 
they tripping out, man. They're like, wow, you know. And I would, and and for the one. It's a programming. Yeah. It's a programming. So at the moment that you wake, the moment that we wake and walk out, even the moment we wake, we're being programmed through mm -hmm. television, through internet, through you walk out the door through advertisements, yeah. through color. So it's a programming, and 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 they go, they see the magazines and their friends and TikTok and mm -hmm. ha ha ha. Mm -hmm. But and so they're programmed. They're programmed to really believe that the black doll really is ugly when. It's the, it's the most beautiful thing. It's, it's God. It's like melanin. Melanin is of God. It's God. Right. But what we're not doing is challenging critical thinking. Right. We're not teaching critical thinking to our students, our kids. So that's why they believe everything they see. Right. They just... Well, you mentioned you know, that, I think, uh, prior. Um, um, our children not being taught. Right. Right. They right. just want to actually show up. Mm-hmm. Accept what they get yeah. and move on mm -hmm. uh, without it. And critical thinking is one of the things that you actually need. Mm -hmm. And that comes math. You need without critical thinking, uh, life becomes very mm -hmm. uh, a challenge yeah. uh, because you don't know what is. Mm -hmm. You can't disseminate right from wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't say, okay, uh, if I do this, cause and effect. Critical thinking is all about cause and effect. Right. This and that. Right. So um, again, we probably just need to pull our children out of these school systems. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, we have to, uh, as a people, we have to take bold steps now. Pull our children out of these systems. So this, we're talking about the voting rights. We, we can't get voting rights passed. We can't get the lynch laws passed, okay? And uh, I'm not someone that will say, you know, Asians got a bill passed in one month. Uh, we have voting rights bills, lynch law bills. It's been years and years and years, but we can't get that passed. They talk a good game, and I and, and I and I also got to talk at our leaders. Uh, why are they sitting back allowing these things to continue to uh, go into go go on the floor of Congress, get debated, talked about, and then it falls by the wayside? And it's always this tomorrow, just tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Right. Kumbaya. I'm not for kumbaya anymore. I said we need to take bold steps. If we can't get the voting rights bill that and the lynch laws bill, guess what? And then, then we need to shut the the the, the economics of America down right. because we have that power right. in our hands. Right. Uh, maybe we don't know that, but hey, African-American community, if we can't get what we need done by our elected officials, it's time to we start, first of all, take a look at these elected officials and support those who support us. And if they don't support us, maybe we don't vote. Maybe we don't do the things that they, they, they take for granted. We have to start taking bold measures now. And we can't rely on Al Sharpton and all these other so-called leaders who are out there talking and talking and talking and nothing's being done while our children are being gunned down on the streets, sent into prisons, while we, we socially, economically, and educationally fall behind, behind, behind. And they're living good. They're living good. I'm not taking anything away from them because they put their time in. But you know what? Our children are suffering right now. So, you know, we as a people need to take a bold stand. We need to rethink what we've been doing. And we need, we need, we need more leaders who are going to say, guess what? Enough is enough. Either we get what we want or we burn everything down. But we need to produce the leaders, though. You know what I mean? That's what the schools aren't doing also is that, you know, you're going to the leader that just got removed from the class because of her mask. You know, she's just lost, you know, um, confidence to become even much more a believer. Or maybe that inspired her to be much more a believer. 
you know, but we're not validating that because we're not in the schools teaching them. Right. They're not, you know, uh, when I was coming up in middle school, um, we had uh, about 75% black teachers. So they held us accountable. Correct. They actually told us to be leaders. They actually gave us this, this repetitive language of how to lead and accountability and community, you know. So as you remove those teachers out and fly in teachers from Boston, from Jersey, from, you know, these different cities that have no connection to Oakland, then you lose it even more. Like literally, our teachers now, our staff is majority not from here. Yeah. You know? It's like, it's like integrating the school system, but you're integrating it actually in reverse. Yeah. Right? Just, you're not integrating for the, for the better of the students. You actually integrate it so the student fails, right? But it looks like you're doing something for the student, but you're actually you're not. You're not. You're not doing anything. You're actually doing more harm than good. Yeah. Right. And and, and yeah, we know that there's a lot of people out there that want to do good. They, you know, whatever can talk about black, white, this, that. Generally, good people want good. But we know that there's a system set up already in place, and it's there. Systemic racism. We can say there's a system in place. That says, hey, we only want, and if, if you look at if you look statistically at all the numbers, slavery never ended. So statistically, house Negroes, field Negroes are the same today. Mm -hmm. You have your statistically your 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 your, your house uh, Negroes who are somewhat they have the money, and the majority of them are not house Negroes. So statistically, if you look at slavery, slavery never ended. Uh, if you look at the police departments, right? Uh, people are may may not be aware of this. Who were the overseers back in the back in the days of slavery? They were Irish. Mm -hmm. They were the Irish overseers. Now, before they integrated the police departments, uh, all of your police officers were Irish, Irish descent. So, slavery never hasn't gone anywhere. The institutions haven't gone anywhere. All they did was sweeten the Kool Aid. Mm -hmm. So, the you you're you're drunk on sugar, where nothing has changed, nothing will change. The only change that's going to come is. Uh, we starting to take ownership, and we need to take more ownership of our own stuff. We need to take ownership of our children. We need to take ownership of our businesses. We need to take ownership of uh, of our economics. We need to take ownership of our social stuff, even our communities. You know, we shouldn't have trash in our communities. We should be throwing McDonald's. You know, you look and you see McDonald burgers on the ground, French fries on the ground, drinks. We need to take ownership of ourselves, and the more we take ownership of ourselves, the more people will respect us. Why would I respect you if you don't respect yourself? That's the way I see it. That's right. I, I'm not going to give you respect. You don't respect yourself? Well, why should I respect you? You're not doing anything to better yourself, so why should you do anything to better you? I give you what you deserve. Mm -hmm. If you want to live in filth, then I give you filth. Mm -hmm. If you want clean water, I'll give you clean water. You want dirty water, i give you dirty water. But that's what we're getting right now. Um, and we'll continue to get that. We'll continue to lose. We'll continue to fall behind until we say, you know what? We're putting the brakes on this on this bus right now, and we don't care who was driving this bus. It has to stop, and this is what we want. But what do we have to see for that to happen? Because we're super dependent on it. That's what you call, you're talking about dependency. We're seeing it now. We're, the product is we're losing our children, right? We're losing our children. They're lost. So, so my student that is sitting right now on the on the murder charge. Why isn't his father at the time of when the first parent-teacher conference took place, 
and it was told that his son can't read. Why didn't the parents make a change then? We don't know. We don't know what the, what the state of the father was or the mother at that time. We don't know what they were going through. We have no idea. We don't know the struggles of, of the parent because we don't have a system, a support system to support that. Where is that support system? Where is that support to say, uh, hey, Mr. So-and-so, your, your child is failing. Um, what can you do about it? And the father can say, well, you know what? I am struggling. I need this and that, or I didn't, I didn't get the education. So how do we fix those things? How do, how, how do we now, um, you know, let's, let's not hear all these people talk this game. They have all these conferences, they dress up, you know, they, they, they go to all these places and they do, do, do the big hoorah, rah, rah, this, we're going to do this, and nothing comes out of it. I went to the Million Man March, right? Yeah. Um, we were supposed to have all these monies come back in these neighborhoods, right? Right there so that we can start businesses, start things. That never happened, that never materialized. None of that stuff happened. So we get a lot of leaders who talk big. We get a lot of people who talk big. We have all these financiers, all this, and they talk big, but there's really no, no outcome. And if we, we can say individuals, yeah, some individuals are doing things, correct? Yeah. But we need a collective. Mm -hmm. We don't need individuals to, we need a collective of beings doing things. We need. We need the Oprahs. We need we need we, we we need all our billionaires, our multimillionaires. We need them to, to come together and say, you know what? We have the money. We have the resources. We can do something for our people. There's nothing wrong with that. There shouldn't be anything wrong with uh, Oprah or anyone supporting uh, us as a people, saying that you know we, we need to do things better. And people point, oh, LeBron's doing this or this was the yeah. Individually, people are doing things, but. That individual work does not trickle down as a collective to the people. Yeah, I think also what's missing is standards and morals. Like a couple of Polynesian kids told me that um, that they weren't allowed to fight other Polynesians. Like that's it. Like that Tongan, Samoan, they're all about, they're not allowed to fight each other. We don't have that. That's just that's a code. Right. That's great. That's a code. That's so, good. like, how do we implement that type of code amongst ourselves? Well, we are not allowed to fight each other anymore. You could probably argue, uh, but we can't. We well, can't. that that would have to come again. That that comes from leadership. We have to be a collective mind, and right. you know, if we, if we teach mindfulness, you know, to and, and and we teach who we are, you know, to our youth and our babies and our people, they might get it. They might because we have to, if we love each other, we if we love ourselves, gotta yeah. first love us. And I think Dan mentioned that earlier. Mm -hmm. So once you love yourself and you start making the changes to make yourself better, right? You know, through different things, you know, and and when you're doing that, it's it's contagious, right? So we need to make that a trend. You know, we need to mean it. You know, it has. We have to use today's technology and, and trending on getting that word out. Like, hey, man, we're not allowed to fight each other anymore. Yeah, it's good, good thinking. Yeah, you know, that, like, that needs to be, and I and I, I test these things with my kids, you know, and um, you know it takes a minute because it has to be repetition, it has to be you know reminded to them, but they eventually bite on to it, you know, and um, but you got to know your kids. That's the other part of it. These parents know their kids, these teachers know their kids, so they know exactly. Um, how to uh, 
get them to understand what they want them to understand. If I want my child to understand that I'm going to take his phone away, my child's going to understand that. Good. You know, we take advantage of the advantage. You know, take advantage of the moments we have that we know will get our child's attention. You know, um, along with taking the phone away, then we present something else. It just, it just can't stop there. You know, um, I just think the parents aren't doing enough. So yeah. we just have to be able to not only get on the students, but get on the parents. Yeah. And we have to have the support system not only for the students, mm -hmm. but for the parents. Mm -hmm. And we have to hold uh, everybody accountable. Everybody. Everybody accountable. Mm -hmm. if, if one child's failed, then the whole community is failed. That's the way I see it. I, I think so. I think we, we, we have to get back to if the child failed, the community has failed, the child. Uh, because at this present day and time, there's too much opportunity, and there's no reason that our children should be, should be failing. No, it shouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely not with this technology. Yeah. And you can Google anything, mm -hmm. right? So if you want to know what a word means, you Google it. Rather than using the technology for the things that they use it today. Yeah. Which it's no benefit, it's actually. Video, it's, uh, video games is all they yeah. do, man. Yeah. So, um, so I would say, yeah, solution is, you know, for those that have the, the um, resources to, you know, bring some kids into your home, Please, by all means, do that. You know, uh, bring them in, feed them, and teach them. You know, that's one thing I also had to have started the Saturday school. And um, that's exactly what I've done. I had about four other adults who were like minded and felt as though it was a necessity. Right. And um, we had about a dozen students. We ended, we finished with about eight of them or nine of them, excuse me, and um, it worked. You know, they come in about 11 o'clock on a Saturday, leave about three o'clock, we feed them, and we break that day up. We give them instruction on their history, give them instruction on, um, you know, health and wellness. We give them instruction on um, entrepreneurship. Uh, we uh, give them instruction on, uh, you know, society, government, politics, right. you know, their position. Um, and just self knowledge, you know, where they where they need to play, you know. And um, by the end of that, they graduated, and um, all those kids are now like adults. There, uh, I have a couple of them that are in the military. They're pilots. Um, a couple of them are about to graduate from college. Um, but they remember the class. They remember the time we took to teach them. Okay. You know, they remember the studies. They remember a certain particular moments that um, really, you know, it was an aha moment for them. Okay. We so disciplined them. Gotcha. So it's beneficial in their lives. Yeah, we disciplined them. There was one of the kids, uh, he had um, stole his next door neighbor's game or something like that. So that his mother told me. And um, before they signed up for the class in fine writings, like, you know, we will discipline the kids, you know, I am the dean of students and we will use this paddle. You know, I had a paddle, a pledge paddle. Uh, so when that happened with the with the game, the mother told me, and I said, would you like for me to, and she said, yes. So I took the boy in the back and we had a discussion and I disciplined him. And, um, you know, he respected that, the family, understood that okay. that kid needs to be disciplined, you know? And and I totally believe that, that 
we're lacking discipline. We're lacking discipline. We're lacking discipline with these kids. The kids don't see, uh, uh, there's no fear. They're not worried of getting disciplined for something that they did wrong. That was inappropriate, you know? So when you, have a, when you have a kid like that, then they will just, you know, do anything. Right. So you mean, is it a more of a, because I, I don't, I don't know if other people have the same view. I don't believe in discipline in that way. Mm -hmm. And I try to, you know, like, I wonder how we disciplined when, before, when, when we were at, in Africa, before Africa was Africa. Mm -hmm. You know, and I guarantee you it didn't include violence. No, it didn't because... Or, and I, no, no, I don't mean violence. Right, <laughs> right. Don't be, you know, no, not violence, but... Um, right, right. You know, but I, and I know what you mean because sometimes it's like, how do we get their attention? Yeah. Um, and I got paddled as a kid, so that's why that's why I hurried up and had to get in and say mm -hmm. something because mm -hmm. I'll never forget it. Mm -hmm. I don't ever want that again. Right. It, it, I, it didn't make sense, and I even spoke of that as an adult to someone recently. Mm -hmm. So, but you know what? Though you're right. Some do need it because if they don't get it, mm -hmm. they'll be the ones that lose their life to things like an officer because they didn't listen and do what they were taught. That's right. The kid that's sitting. With the attempted murder charge, his father said, I never whipped him. I never whipped my boy. Okay, well, look at him now. You know. Yeah, yeah, you know, you have to discipline. Uh, we need discipline. We need, we need, we need uh, again, I guess we need, we need all facets of uh, society mm -hmm. um, and in, the, in all areas. But, uh, and there's more than one way of discipline. I remember taking, I was taking martial arts and I didn't get certain things correct. Either having on my fingers, on my knees, right, right. you know, doing certain, you know, make, oh, you know, books. yeah, you know, but <laughs> oh, yeah. you know that melt to me. Yeah, I'll you know. hold books because guess what? I'll discipline myself that way. Right. I'll discipline myself by going out at four a.m. into the forest to ensure that you know what I mean. Just right. doing different things right. too. So yeah, those things. That's discipline. Mm -hmm. And I love that you. Thank you for because you're helping me figure out how to get it done as mm -hmm. a parent. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's good. I guess we, I, I wouldn't want to end on discipline. I think we need to kind of end it on, we need to focus as, as parents, mm -hmm. uh, as, as a, a community, we need mm -hmm. to support each other, yeah. uh, do the things that uh, we have to do to, to make sure that our children are better, better, better educate, educated and then can move forward. And, and again, this is going to be a very competitive world. Um, and if we lack the will to do so, our children will just fall behind. I think of nothing else, remind our students of their original symbols. Okay. Like the hunk you have, that's, that belongs to them. Right. They need to be able to identify their artwork, their symbols, their music. You know, before my kids come to class, I got Orisha music, I got drums playing, you know, African drums. So the first day, they heard that, they were like laughing, dancing, but now it's like, where is it? I did a test, I didn't play it one day, and it's like, where's the music at? You know, where's the drums, you know? <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, so it's like, they love hearing the drums now. Yeah, like the nine beating drums beat the drums. Right. right. That's, the, that's you know, the first, uh, yeah. We have to re-engage re them or remind them of what belongs to them. Right, what belongs to us. You know? Definitely. Yeah. I think with that, uh, Sam, 
We thank you. Um, it was a great conversation and a great discussion. Um, want to say that uh, support our teachers, support uh, our children. Uh, do what Sam's doing. He, he's not just talking, he's actually putting word to action. Uh, and we need, we need to all do the same thing. So with that said, I want to thank you for coming out. I know you, you know, have a busy schedule. Uh, you're doing a lot of different things. Uh, we definitely want to have you back. We'd like to have you back on a different uh, discussion. Uh, talk about more of what we need to do as a people. Uh, maybe talk about Garvey as well. Yes, sir. Uh, and just kind of educate on who we are the need to have understanding and have greater self-esteem, self-appeal, things like that. So mm -hmm. that said, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Oh, thank, you. And, uh, thank you, Sam. Yeah. My good brother, thank you. We appreciate what you're doing, oh, definitely. Okay. Thank you what you're doing for, for the children, mm -hmm. um, you know, just for starting there. And it was really amazing to meet with you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Cool. And so you can catch us, uh, the hour, on any of your social uh podcast platforms or you can go directly to thehour.podbean.com and subscribe become a patron we are building communities one podcast at a time we're, we're not here for ourselves we're here for the community we're here to to engage we're here for everyone uh, not just the african-american community not just you know we're here for all communities but uh, obviously we have to start with ourselves and the more that we can engage, the more that we can get culture, culturally engaged, I think the better this world will be. So again, with that said, thank you and good night.